the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. We're back, Rachel. We're so back. At least so I'm back. back. At least I'm back. <laughs> You've been doing it, but I'm back. We're here. Um, it's great. It's bad. It's the Staff and Grab podcast. Uh, you know, fresh with the new ring light that that we we did a little business expense for. Uh, you know, it, it's everything's doing great. Everything's fantastic. You're going on walks. Um, no, okay. My- <laughs> I want to. I want to be clear. I'm not going on walks. Okay. I run as far as I can until my knee gives out and then I power hike. And when I power hike, I pass joggers. Okay. So let me, okay, just so let's get, let me get this. Let me get this straight. I run until my knee stops working. Well, not it- stops working until, until <laughs> it like, until it's too painful for me to keep going and where I'm like, okay, it's going to cause even more damage. And then I just like, I do the, the power walk of all power walks or the power hike of all power hikes, which is, I'm 30 like, kilometers. <laughs> I'm like speeding past joggers. Um, yeah, I'm doing like 30K every day. And it's great. Or well, around that, like 25 to 30K every day. And it's awesome. And I love I that for you. It. Do yeah. not pass out in the woods, though, because that would be bad. I don't want to have to come rescue you. No, okay? I'm very good. I'm very good at the, at the, the uh, what's it called? I'm very, I'm very good at the nutrition now. Uh, I used to just That's like good. fast, basically, before I did it, like for, for some reason. So. That was good. But yeah, if, if you can't tell, I'm still fully in off-season mode. Um, and uh, Yeah, for those of you great. who can't see this, Mike has like full-blown grown-out hair and his beard looks like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I just thought I'd get, I'd go as, as, uh, as crazy. I was, I almost like didn't brush my hair or do anything like before this because I wanted to look like, I wanted to look like Elliot Friedman did during COVID. Where and it was just like, who's this I homeless man? That I will put a stop to that. Like, who who is this homeless man that's breaking all the all these NHL signings? But yeah, it's good. So yeah, look, it's, it was, I, I took my first ever uh, vacation of my professional life. Uh, two weeks it was lovely, and literally all I did was cook and run slash hike. And and you did is... not film any Mike's meals for one, which is did you clean your apartment? I've cleaned a good chunk of it i haven't cleaned i haven't really like i got to do like a deep clean on my my stove and everything but other than that like it, it, we'll, we'll get there it'll be fine we'll get there yeah i yeah. mean i what did i do um we recorded a bunch of shows mm-hmm. good there's, interviews it was awesome there's more coming mm-hmm. um some fun little guests coming and then i wanted to give a special shout out so um for those of you who don't know my stepdad coaches a senior elite baseball team and every Tuesday night, there's like a home game and we always go. The guys are kind of like around my age. They're super nice. Um, and it's awesome. It kind of reminds me that there's good people in sports. And so this past weekend was their provincials. And they ended up making it all the way to the finals, ran the gauntlet and lost to the team who's, I'm pretty sure, won nine of the last 10 championships. So we're talking about a team that like, had one loss and then went undefeated the rest of the way. Um, so wanted to give a shout out 
to my boys, go Hawks. Um, a couple of them I know listen to the show. And so um, what a fantastic weekend, honestly, just to like see them and like all the stuff that they do. It's super competitive. There was, a, it's fun because you get to like go and get drunk after because it's adult stuff. That's the best. So we went to the, we went to the casino and obviously won money. Um, so the that casino. was super fun. Yeah. Ooh. I wait, know, where, right? Wait, how old are these kids? I thought these were kids. No, he coaches senior elite, so you have to be 22 or older to be in it. Oh, I thought it was like, like 65 or older, senior. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would, I, would, not- I would watch that. Yeah, honestly, my stepdad runs like a senior citizen, okay? Yeah, Matt, I love you, but you run. So he runs like Giancarlo Stanton. Basically. No, worse. Wor- what the, worse. I don't know. It doesn't get it. Did you see that clip? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does, I don't know if it gets worse than that. But, but the okay. best is you watch the Jays. Of course, he I'm takes huge this fan. so seriously. Good. When, he, when he struts out to the mound, he looks like John Gibbons. Like yeah, he's got good. the full strut. It's so serious. It's honestly, I love it though because the boys are all competitive. But then at the end of the day, like we can all go and have fun and like just to see them interacting, whatever. It, it reminds you that you can be an adult in sports and not be a complete jerk, which you know what is kind of nice. I want to pull you. I want to pull you all, listeners, behind the curtain to see how Rachel and I communicate because Rachel is big on on giving me updates on her life with zero context. So like, <laughs> so like I, I'm like you know okay we're we're the Carlson trade happens. I know we're gonna get back, and she's like and and I get a text that's just basically like oh sorry like we can't like I I um I'm not gonna be home like because uh, we were gonna record on Sunday night. I'm not gonna be able to be home or on Monday night. Sorry, I'm not gonna be able to be home because we made it to to the finals. And I'm like, who made it? What? I'm like, Bayern? Like, I, what, what's happening here? Like, I don't know. What are you talking you about? Were about? You were about to be so mad at me because you definitely thought I was playing a sport when I'm absolutely well, yeah, you're not, allowed to play not a sport. supposed to be doing that. Well, I'm like, since when did Rachel either A, join a, a sports team that could make it to a final uh, yeah. or, or B, like become like another consultant for another team? Like, Zero context whatsoever, but I just at this point I just roll with it. I'm like, cool, all right, sounds good. You know? Exactly. Yeah, you just you roll with it, and like sometimes you'll just get like those weird whack updates. Um, yeah. But now, yeah, no. Thing. I respect your. I respect your. It's your stepdad, right? That. Yeah. Yeah. So I respect him so much. Him and I seem to be cut from the same cloth because there's something just like primally masculine about taking, like borderline intramural sports like way too seriously and i love i love that about him like it's it reminds me like when i worked at i worked at cushman and wakefield um right like and uh and we have they, they have this thing called um uh the slate bowl it's slate is a uh like a, a property in like investment company so they they get all the all the firms uh to actually to the cherry beach field like once a summer and they they have this big football tournament like touch football tournament and we're all there like me and the other interns we're all there and we're we're just sort of like all right it'll be fun to just sort of like maybe break a sweat a little bit and then go and we'll have some fun you know after like because they i believe they rented out all of cabana pool bar for us like after so i was like oh that's pretty sweet um but so my my friend's dad who who like worked at the company as well just by happenstance he's the qb he struts out there like straight like peyton manning like he is like calling plays no, there have been, like, I've been in situations, first of all, my stepdad has been suspended multiple times for being, like, thrown out of game. That's my boy. But, 
I have been at games where there have been fights. Like, yeah. this is, you know how in hockey, there's the Allen Cup? This is baseball in Canada's Allen Cup. Like, that's sort of, like, you get money, and if you win national championships, you get a ring. And, like, the rings are sick. The, the Newmarket Junior team won national championships last year. The ring is easily worth like almost probably five grand like it's sick so we love it i'm i it's my favorite sport thing to go to now like i will go watch the hawks play before i go watch the jays the leafs tfc anything because the boys are the best and then we just get to have drinks after it's it's unreal but that's our summer stuff. Let's talk about hockey because yeah. some stuff has happened since you were on vacation. My exactly. Man. So we're just going to do a big catch up pod, basically. Like we're just going to we're just going to catch up on everything that happened or all the, the big stuff that happened while I was pretending that hockey didn't exist uh, for two weeks. Which is we great. barred Mike from the website. Yeah, I'm just barred. not <laughs> I'm not doing it. I, I like for I chime in on certain things every once in a while, but like it was great just being like, you know what? Hockey is secondary to me. It's awesome. Um, but it is first airy to me now. Um, primary, if you will. So first airy, <laughs> it is first airy to me now. Um, all right. The biggest news that happened, um, is, uh, Patrice Bergeron retired. And I think people kind of saw this coming based on how he straight, like how he left the, uh, how he left the ice basically after the Bruins were eliminated. It looked like he was saying goodbye to every teammate, but also the sport in general. Um, but it, be- it came true uh, legitimately. And like, I feel like you can be judged on, you know, like not, not just like your character, but who just sort of like your presence in the sport when you, when you announce your retirement and you see the reaction from everybody and it was like just a full week of outpouring of people being like, this man is the Lord in- incarnated in the, in the best offensive forward, arguably of all time. Yeah. Like there was one dude who was like, he underachieved in his career and everyone basically bullied that guy off Twitter. Rightfully so. Because if you say something like that, you deserve to be bullied off Twitter. Um, Patrice Bergeron, I feel like is so everyone hates the Bruins and kind of rightfully so, but he kind of seems like the only guy that even in everyone's hatred for the Bruins, he's separate from that. He's mm-hmm. sort of elevated himself. Yeah, he doesn't to a exist. Different stratosphere. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like you have like Steve Dangle who has been pers- like personally tormented. That by yeah, Patrice, Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron should be paying for Steve's therapy for real over the span of over a decade. It's 2023 right now. Like, like the, the 2013 collapse happened. That's a decade ago. And there have been two other intense, insane sort of like letdowns by the Bruins in that time. And yet he's like, this is the best dude ever. Like it's Patrice Bergeron is the class of the class. Yeah, he might, he, to me, Jean Beliveau was the classiest player to ever put on an NHL uniform. I mean, when you get asked to be the governor general of our nation, that is a very serious honor. That's for anybody who doesn't know, that's the queen's representative in like in our government. It's Mm -hmm. yeah. If we want to pass a law, the governor general has to sign off on it. Like that's where we're at here. Patrice Bergeron is somebody where even 
when all of the stuff seemed to be going wrong and there was a lot of gross crap happening in hockey and there still is, he always seemed to rise above it and, um, and kind of come through it. Like the Mitchell Miller thing kind of comes to mind. You expect the captain of your team to sort of be on side with what the organization does. And when he stepped to the microphone and was like, nope, not on side with this one. So I was um, in, I was in that locker room. The day, yeah. the day after, I talked to Patrice Bergeron the day after that happened, um, and it goes and 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 it's interesting because the only three players that we talked to were like the three veteran leaders of the time, which was Bergeron, it was Marshawn, and it was Felino at the time because he was he was a, right. you know a veteran leader, but you could tell that the mandate or not the mandate, but like you could tell their message was spearheaded by Bergeron, and I've never seen a guy like I got to be honest. He was incredibly poised. This was an opportunity. Like this is, he, the team put him in the most awkward position you can, like a, a horrendous signing that he has nothing to do with. But right, like literally the night before you step in front of you know the Toronto media, which has now only grown bigger because of this signing. Like it was already right, like be big CBC in Toronto. is now there. Yeah, like you, know, like you have like the cable news guys there, you know. Like, yeah, and Rosie Demano has showed yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. But you have, but he handled it with like grace and aplomb. And it was another example for me where I was just like, "Look, man, this guy is just like a cut above." Like he, there, are, there are a million other other players out there who I don't, who I know wouldn't have handled it as well as he did, and just like he didn't make it about himself, but he made it about the team, but it was, he did a phenomenal job. Yeah. I think Patrice Bergeron, uh, you look at 19 seasons, statistically speaking, he's a hall of famer, six selkies, just rename it at this point. Yes. Um, a Mark six Messier, selfies. <laughs> and, and you know, what's so funny. He hasn't not been nominated for the selkie for the last 13 years. The last time Patrice Bergeron wasn't nominated for the Selkie, I was in elementary school and I have a master's now. Like his longevity and consistency, six Selkies, one Messier Leadership Award, one King Clancy Community yeah. Contribution Award, a Stanley Cup. I mean, he's also got Olympic gold medals, a World Junior Gold. He's part of that vaunted triple gold club, which I think does only has i want to say like 15 or 20 guys but you look at it even almost 1300 games 427 goals 613 assists so over a thousand points and all of the awards and the cup and then you tack on he's the classiest player of perhaps the last five decades how do you even discuss one him not going into the hall of fame immediately like first ballot and two nobody should ever be wearing 37 in boston again that just is not a thing anymore that should be retired like right now like this yeah. year thanks for coming <laughs> um do you want to know the last time patrice bergeron finished outside of the uh the top three in selkie voting do tell because i'm pretty sure we were like 13 2010-11 when he finished fourth. Yeah, so that's 13 years. <laughs> LOL, fourth. Ooh. <laughs> the year before that, in 2009-2010, he finished fifth. He didn't, he, like, he wasn't nominated in his first, like, uh, uh, his one, two, two, three, four, five. In his first five seasons, he wasn't nominated. And then the lowest he finished is fifth. He, fin the la he finished 
runner up for the Selkie one, two, three, four times. He won so, six. He finished runner up four. So that's 10 seasons where he finished outside. He didn't finish outside of the, the one, two, like the top two. That is like when it comes to, you know, because he, he's not the, the, you know, like he, he's a phenomenal offensive player. Like he, you know, he puts up great numbers. He's a, you know, I think his ceiling is like a point per game point, guy. Yeah. He's still a yeah. point eight five points per game player over the span of his career, which is amazing. But if there was like, like we, we hail NBA players when they win defensive player of the year that many times, like, like, you know, like Dennis Rodman built a career off that, you know, like all that Patrice Bergeron, like that is the most dominant run. Because hockey has never been better than when he was in than when he stepped into the league. Like not because of him, but just because of the. Keep in mind too, like he was the only center who successfully shut Sidney Crosby down when Sidney Crosby was at the peak of his powers. The only center who did that, like when when Bergeron was playing against Crosby just before like the injuries really got him, like the concussions and stuff. The only time Crosby was not a complete dominant force in the playoffs was when he was matched up against Bergeron. And that is all you need to know about, yep. about that. And, and people go, Oh, like the Leafs can't beat the Bruins. If Patrice Bergeron is shutting down Sidney Crosby, I'm really comfortable saying that it's not out of the realm of expectation that he would shut down the likes of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, because with respect to them, not Sidney Crosby. The worst lot here, in my opinion, this is my hot take, and it goes against oh, Jesus. Like, it goes against Steve Dangle because because he has a very specific worst Leafs loss of this era. The worst loss of this era is not you know Game Six against the Habs or you know Game Five against the the Blue Jackets or anything like that. It is, I believe, it was Game Three of 2018 um, when they're playing the Bruins, and right before puck drop, it's a home game too. Yes, Patrice Bergeron is listed as out. So Patrice Bergeron is is like like game. I don't even know if he was listed as a game time decision. It was surprise. Patrice Bergeron's not playing tonight, and you're at home. He took morning skate. He took morning skate. Everything seemed normal, and then literally right before the game, it was surprise. Bergeron, like Patrice Bergeron's not playing, and they still lost that game. Yeah, you still lost it. You can't, and they never and they never recovered. And that's like, like if you getting, if you're in a playoff series and Patrice Bergeron is an unexpected scratch, like that is the, that is the, the Lord smiling down upon you from the heavens. That is. Cause this guy, this is the guy that played with a punctured lung. So I oh don't even God. want to know what type of injury he had that kept him out of the lineup. But at the end of the day, I mean, I know we spent like almost the first 20 minutes talking about basically Patrice Bergeron. And but we'll spend he, the next 20 minutes doing it, yeah, too. Yeah, but to be fair, if there's a guy who deserves it, it's him. Because he is, like, if somebody bought me a Boston's Bruins jersey, I wouldn't be very happy. But if I turned it around and it had Bergeron on the back, I'd be like, oh, God, like, this is awesome. He's yeah. just, he's that guy. And, I mean, I remember when I was playing hockey, my last ever hockey coach, my favorite coach said to me, he's like, you are my Bergeron. And that was the best compliment I could have ever received. And that was in 2013. That was before all of this leadership stuff. That was before, I think, three of the Selkies. So, like, even then, I was like, whoa, like, that's 
okay i i, always I like find that it, i always find it wild too that like there's an alternate universe out there where patrice Ber- where we're talking about patrice bergeron in the same way we talk about like I'm trying to think of like you know a, like a player whose whose career got cut short by injury because he yeah he dealt bobby with- <laughs> we're talking about well i mean we still consider yeah, bobby no. like the best defenseman of all time but like we we like there was a point at the start of his career where patrice or like patrice bergeron is a big reason why we have hybrid icing now people don't forget yes. people people don't remember this but like patrice bergeron was one of the last victims of the two guys racing for a puck because and and to beat out an icing was- and then he loses an edge and he goes into the boards and and that 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 robbed him of a season of his career and we almost almost like a season and a half it was him and remember curtis foster yes uh snapped his leg and then finally the nhl was like all right we can't have this but yeah patrice bergeron uh, and this is when he was young too when he was 19 this happened to him yeah the the classiest player on and off the ice i mean like dressing up during COVID as elmo and like doing (laughs) his elmo impression and then on the weekend doing kissing brad marchand at charlie mcavoy on the mouth too on the mouth on let me let me just say rachel (laughs) me and who just say you and my sister yeah look in a a perfect world yes but no like that's i love it and and you know what's what's crazy too is like if you look at the 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 because the the bruins not crazy but like you know what's notable too is if you look at the the bruins released a video like a compilation of all uh, past uh, current former whatever teammates wishing him well brad marchand in that video and crazy brad marchand and david crazy looked like they looked like they like like someone had just told them like their dog died yeah like their it dog had passed good. or you someone could tell had passed. Dave, you could tell david crazy like his portion of the video they had to refilm because there's one portion where his eyes are white and then there's the recorded portion where his eyes are red and it's there's a distinct cutoff and so you could tell that they're struggling and just like quickly um it looks like david Krejci's also retiring yes. and i personally would not be going into the season with a top line center of pavel zaka so i think maybe that's an elias lindholm situation but we'll see what the bruins do um at the end of the day like this is about patrice bergeron and the fact that not only the bruins are obviously going to miss him but hockey as a whole i really hope he finds a way to stay involved not at the bruins level but at the league level because i think a voice like that could actually be a voice for change like patrice bergeron in the department of player safety patrice bergeron he would be great there ethics and diversity arm of the nhl um patrice bergeron doing anything would be good for the game. So yeah, I it would best be good second if he was, round pick of all time, hundred <laughs> percent. And but now, yeah. So now we look at the Bruins real quick. Like you mentioned, you you mentioned it a bit there with Elias Lindholm. But like there, this is this is. I mean, look, you you have Brad Marchand there still. You have some pieces, but like this Austin really yeah. Asnock. But like when it comes to sort of like turning a page in like eras if you will like this seems like it is that 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 was a very weird way of saying that but it looks like they're 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 turning a page and you're you're going into a season with pavel zaka and like morgan geeky and and charlie coyle charlie coyle as like your top three centers and you're trying to compete in the atlantic division it seems like there's something else at at a foot if you will 
Yeah, um, and I saw some Bruins fans who were like, I can't believe Bergeron left it until late July to to tell us. Do you think that the Bruins didn't know until t- last week? Like, really? He didn't just wake up a morning. He's like, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to play hockey anymore. <laughs> That's and not also, how this works. If anyone has earned the right to do that with their organization, there's a few of them. It's Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang in Pittsburgh have earned that right. Patrice Bergeron earned, and Brad Marchand have earned that right in Boston. Jonathan Taves has earned that right in Chicago. But, like, remember when the Sedins were like, okay, like, we're going to retire? Not every guy knows. And so if you're a legend of your franchise, you have the ability to make that decision. And under no circumstances are you allowed to be mad at him for actually anything. Like, I don't I, – I think that's a very minimal – section of the of Bruins fandom I, at least I hope because yeah this is, it, it this seemed is there. pretty minimal except yeah. um buddy on the radio who said he underachieved and then got promptly bullied oh is this Mark Madden no it was a Boston guy and like it was funny because this was like the first time I saw all of Boston Twitter be like are you insane <laughs> be like think you're better than me yeah he what, he was what do you mean guy make- yeah, he was trying to make the argument he underachieved and whatever, and I was just like, okay, that's enough. Anyways, just a bunch of another... Jeremy Renners from the town just, like, pulling up to this to the studio to beat this guy up. Um, another no. second-round pick yeah. who has been absolutely fantastic, signed a mammoth extension. Huge. Eight years at $9.75 million. And now, this, ex- this does not kick in until next season because he still has... Sebastian Ajo still has one year remaining on his career. This is Sebastian Ajo we're talking about, by the way. Yes. Hey, just to be clear. <laughs> Noted excellent finish player. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this deal is going to be another steal for Carolina. I mean, you're talking about a guy who is basically good slam dunk, 30 goals every year, might even score more. He's a point of game player, two way guy. Rod Brindamore has a man crush on him, and that means you're playing the right way. Um, he's he's the premier guy up front for Carolina, who is one of the best teams in the NHL. So, I mean, to get your top line center locked in for the rest of his career at under 10 million bucks, well done. I I just want to know why star young star players are signing max term extensions right before the cap's about to go up like as much as as it is like it's not going to help the Leafs in in, in their negotiations yeah like with, I wouldn't be surprised if Matthew signs a three-year extension I yeah. really wouldn't be like like you're expecting the cap to go up significantly over the next three years like that is what yeah. is forecasted and I know you know like there have been a lot of teams and I'm assuming players in in, in that elk who are being burned by you know the pandemic or the fact that, you know, like, like Gary Batman has promised that, Oh, it's going to go up. And then every year it doesn't. Um, but like Sebastian Ajo, like, yeah, you're making $9.75 million. So like, that's that phenomenal. Be worth $14 million in three years. Exactly. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You're incredible. You're an incredible hockey player. Like, but this is going to be a deal that, you know, like when it, like right now, let me pull up their uh, uh, their cap friend uh, their their puckpedia, if you will. Uh, yeah, um, their um, puckpedia. Uh, but like think... this is a this is a guy who is making ten point one percent of the cap right now. 
and he'll be making when that goes down to like seven yeah (laughs) i was gonna say eight percent when that goes down to like eight or seven and you have sebastian aho who in the middle of his prime he's 26 right now in the middle of his prime a below a before 30 sebastian aho making like seven taking up like eight seven percent of your cap that's amazing hilarious yeah like i i sebastian aho is fantastic i think he there's always these stupid graphics that come out in the offseason, like who's the most underrated oh player. And they're all wrong because the only the only guy that was on the graphic this year that belonged on the graphic was Rupa Hintz. Because I actually do think that he's underrated. And then the NHL Network put out their like list of top centers in the NHL. And Elias Pedersen was like 18th. I'm like, okay, so apparently Elias Pedersen is underrated. He which- scored 100 points last year. <laughs> Yeah, and what are you talking also about top five for the Selkie. Like, you, you know what? You know what? Oh. I real quick aside rant here. Like off season content, and believe me, I have been a managing editor at sites. And I you've know, seen some stuff. I've seen some stuff. I've also seen a former site of mine just devolve into like the the Godfather. Look how they massacred my boy type type at, uh, uh, aspect of it. But like, I know that off season content, especially now it's August 8th recording this. This is about as dead. I could go on a 30 kilometer run slash hike today, even though I'm back from vacation because there is no news to do anything with today. So I get it. Things are pretty, pretty bleak, but I have seen some shocking off season content. And the thing is not even right now, I saw some, I will say August tweets on like July 3rd. We yeah, need it's to like, pace ourselves because yeah. that is why we're seeing some like, is Arizona a wagon this year? I saw that tweet. I was like, what? And I replied to it being like, are you for real? Like, I, I couldn't resist. I was like, are you guys for real? And well, and they were like, like oh, a wagon is actually, uh, in our definition, a wagon is a couple, a team with a couple good pieces who could pop off. I'm like, that's not what a wagon is. A wagon is like couple a couple good pieces. Who? Well, it was Arizona's D after they signed uh, Matt Dumba. So it's like, oh, they got Matt Dumba and Troy Stetcher. And I'm like, no. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So we need to pace no. ourselves on the offseason content. I get that it can become like, they're, they're, it can become barren. But guys, at what cost? At Go what cost? Outside, touch some grass. Touch some grass. Like Go swim in the lake. And- That's what I do when it's super hot and I'm at the 20 kilometer mark of, 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 of my trek. Sometimes I just go in the lake and it's great. What a concept. And yeah. I don't think about go hockey track, when I do it. Go track players' weddings or something and like post there that There have been a million content. this summer. <laughs> go uh, do it. Yeah, there have been umpteen weddings this summer. I mean, like we don't need to discuss the world junior team, which isn't happening until December. I what? saw that today. Someone was discussing a 15-year-old as it pertained to the world junior team and my head almost oh. fell off. Yeah, and so I was like, "That's enough." I gotta, like, I gotta give a shout out to uh, pers- close personal friend of mine, and also like my former boss, Stephen Stephen Ellis, who's at at Daily Faceoff. Like the day after the draft, he came out with like, "All right, doing my first like premature top thirty for the twenty twenty four draft," and I was just like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you up." Like, yeah. like this makes me so mad. Stop! And so many people be doing this. I'm like, no one. We don't need World Junior. Go outside. Go, go outside, outside please. please. Go to a cottage. Anyways, go outside. Yeah. Go see Barbie or Oppenheimer again. You know, I haven't seen Barbie yet. I've seen Oppenheimer. I haven't seen Barbie yet. What? I know. You're grounded. I know. I'm sorry. I'm You're not. Ken, I'm not Ken Uff yet. 
I got it. No, you're not. You're banned. Okay. Anyway, so we love the Sebastian Ajo extension. We um, do. But what does theory. it mean for William Nylander, though? Like, real quick before we move on, Ooh. because here's the this is the big question. Like, they are relatively similar production wise. Like, Ajo's got a career high of 38 goals. Nylander's got 40. Ajo's got a career high of 83 points. Nylander's got 87. You know, they're both, they're like, Nylander's a little bit older in 27, whereas Ajo's 26, but. I believe they're born you haven't in the same year. Mentioned, like you haven't mentioned the most important factor. What's the most important factor? William Nylander plays right wing and Sebastian Ajo plays center. And that matters. So I look at it and that wasn't my first thought because when this extension dropped, I was at the cottage and I decided, you know what? Instead of an- doing analysis, I am going to go lay on the dock and it was great so then i thought about it eventually william nylander cannot in good conscience being of similar like four more points is negligible you're the same player it would be a comp and you cannot ask or reasonably expect to be paid more than a guy who plays top line center on the best team in the Metro division and arguably the Eastern conference. So like nobody's saying Florida's the best team in the Eastern conference. Stop that. Go home. Touch grass. Oh, they're not Um, going to make the playoffs next year. They might not. Yeah, exactly. So with William Nylander one, I actually think he could end up a Carolina hurricane, but that's for a separate, maybe sidebar. Mm. Um, I don't think, I think this helps the Leafs because you could point to that and be like, you might want that, but then you will not play here. Because you can't come to us and say you want more money or as much money as a guy who plays center with two less schools than you. Like that just doesn't, it doesn't square. A guy who plays center who's also better defensively and like, it basically matches you in production. Exactly. You can't in good. So I think that a fair contract for Nylander is probably nine. Um, 9.5 max max i don't even even that makes you a little uncomfortable but But like if if the number is more than nine five see you later like that is this is a non-starter all right yeah so troy terry is another guy who who signed a big extension uh seven by seven avoided arbitration so i wrote an article a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. that basically spelled out why the anaheim ducks absolutely needed to avoid any type of arbitration hearing with Troy Terry. I use the PK Subban example and Pat Verbeek, not sure that he read it, but he did the smart thing and he avoided arbitration with Troy Terry. I saw a lot of people who kind of questioned the contract, the number X, Y, Z. Um, I don't really have that big of an issue with it. Do I think it should have been maybe six or six, five perhaps, but this is also, you're talking about the guy who's been the best player on the Anaheim ducks through all of the nonsense so far. He does have 30 goals. The ducks need to hit the cap floor. And by the time the Zegris extension, the Drysdale, the Mm -hmm. Leo Carlson, um, Mason McTavish extensions kick in, the cap's going to be probably eight to $10 million higher. So Troy Terry's extension is going to represent 
seven or eight percent of the cap that's fine for a top six forward you are more than happy with that so i didn't really have an issue with it and i think a lot of people who had an issue with it with no offense to them i haven't watched him play because i saw the analysis of his play and i was like you haven't watched him play in three years Mm -hmm. like you just you you haven't and then i saw and i don't um, blame them on that to be honest i'm not saying yeah i don't blame 30 at night to watch the 2022-23 Anaheim Ducks. Sorry. Right. But I think if you're going to analyze a contract, you should maybe be educated on that player's play. So do I think that it might be a bit of an overpay, generally speaking? Yes. Do I think it's going to matter? No. No, it won't. And this is a guy who continued to perform, like you said, in the midst of like some of the most unwatchable hockey teams we have seen in recent memory. Like he's like, even last year he didn't hit, he, he only got 23 goals, but he ended up getting 61 points and in 70, I believe it was 70 games. So like, he's a phenomenal hockey player. You have him for, you have him through his, I believe it's eight, his age, uh, 32, 33 season. So, you so basically, it doesn't really go past his, you basically get all of his prime. Yeah. You bought his entire prime for, uh, again, like it, the same conversation we had with Ajo, for a number that is only going to go down percentage wise with your cap. And when, all, like you said, when all of the big extensions are ready, when the, you know, like when the Zegris, Zellweger, Drysdale, guys like that, when that's all, when they're, they're ready, like you'll look at Troy Terry very likely. First of all, the cap will be up at that point, hopefully. Fingers crossed. It's supposed Fingers to. Crossed. It's supposed to. But then again, Gary Bedman, it's not like Gary Bedman is has ever lied to us before. Right. Um, he has never once never, but the, uh, like at, at that point we will be looking at Troy Terry being like, Oh, he's on a great deal. It's like, it, it, it reminds me a lot of like the William Nylander situation right after he signed where everyone's like, Oh, that's like probably right around what he, what he's worth at this exact point. But as it goes on, you start to realize like, Oh, this is actually a bit of a steal. If this guy continues putting up 25, 30 goals, flirting with point per game on a team that's only going to get better, you go, oh, this is a pretty nice deal. And that's 25. There you go. There you go. So another ex- extension you want to talk about here is Tom Wilson. This is this one, I, I love setting the scene of where you are when you, when uh, like, like uh, I was out in public basically when, when this dropped and I have, you know, Elliot Friedman notifications on. So I looked down on my phone and it was, it, 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 my eyes bulged. It was pretty shocking because Tom Wilson signs for uh, seven years at 6.5. And I don't know which figure is more, was more surprising to me, whether it's the term or the money, both did shake me to my core. Um, Rachel, what do, what do we think about this? Yeah. Okay. So I think this particular team and contract deserve some context because yes. if you remove all context and just evaluate it on the surface of the contract it's it's awful. insane <laughs> it's actually awful yeah. but and it's a big like i like big butts and i cannot lie kind of but mm-hmm. um if you do that you you take into context that the only thing the Washington Capitals care about is Ovechkin's goal record. They need to keep as many pieces from his little nucleus 
as to not upset the apple cart as possible. Mm-hmm. Now, Nick Backstrom probably going to retire at some point. So that's one gone. I would say and, all players are going to retire at some point, Rachel. Okay. Soon is what in, I'm in, in the near future. Yes. They're actively trying to trade Evgeny Kuznetsov because he's kind of nuts. Um, and well, it's funny because, because you said that they're only really playing for, for Ovechkin's goal record. And Kuznetsov, I believe last week was like, that's dumb. We're not only doing that. We want to win a cup. And like, uh, and everyone should do that. Traded. <laughs> and everyone should do that. Like everyone should want to win a cup. You're not going to. Yeah. But... And that's also why you're being traded. Mm-hmm. But then you think about it. John Carlson's going to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got some young pieces, right? Like Hendrick Lapierre is going to come in. Connor McMichael. You got Rasmus Sandin. So there, that's fine. And like, do you want to win games? Yes. But if you, I'm pretty sure if you asked like all of the nucleus players, they might tell you publicly that they want to win games. They want that goal record because guess what? A Stanley cup gets handed out every year. That goal record hasn't fallen in decades. It is more rare than a Stanley cup. Yeah. Right. Like that is the kind of thing we're talking about here. And Tom Wilson is a big part of that. He plays with Ovechkin. So you are talking about locking up a member of the vaunted power play. So now you've got Wilson, Ovechkin, and Carlson. That's three of five. That's big. Mm -hmm. TJ Oshie signed, so that's fine, right? Then you figure out the Nick Bastrom situation, which is out of their control. But when you think about it in that context, I don't mind it. Do I think they needed to sign him to 6.25? No, absolutely not. In seven years, too. But I think so because this is an under 35 contract, Tom Wilson can go like on LTIR. He can retire once this gold record is done and he doesn't want to play anymore and still get paid because the type of game Tom Wilson plays lends itself to things like suspensions and injuries. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Wilson, by the time he's in year five of this contract is broken Mm -hmm. and is on LTIR. So from that perspective, as long as Ted Leonsis is fine cutting those checks, which I'm pretty sure he is, it's, Fine, but for a guy with a career high in 24 goals and 52 points, this contract is actually nuts. He, yeah, so he's already, the thing is, like, you're saying in a couple years, like, by year five, he'll be broken and then on LTIR. He's already pretty broken. Like, he tore his ACL and missed, like, three quarters of last season because of that. And he's almost 30. He will be, he will, I believe he'll be 30 when the puck drops. If not, he'll be celebrating his birthday, like, right like you know like the first month of the season um and as like you said like his playing style lends itself to injuries it is the like he's not getting paid this amount of money if he doesn't hit and fight and and you know sort of like menace everyone like he plays as as physical of a game as there is in this version of the nhl which is he is yeah he's the nhl's premier power forward when you think about it Mm -hmm. and a guy with that production who isn't a premier power forward is probably getting four ish, not six to five. Yeah. So am I fine with the contract when context is considered? Yes. Do I think it's a good one? Absolutely not. Do I think Alex Ovechkin played a large role in this? Yes, I do. Yes. Because if Alex Ovechkin says, I, this is who I want to play with. That's that what is what's, 
because he goes to Ted Leonsis. He doesn't go to Brian McClellan. He goes to Ted Leonsis and said, this is what I want. And Ted Leonsis calls Brian McClellan and says, this is what's happening. It's like, yo, B-Dog, do it. Pull the trigger. Do the stuff. Yeah. Right. So, like, if Alice Ovechkin said, I want $10 million, Ted Leonsis would be like, hey, Brian, this Alex is Alex Ovechkin's getting $10 million. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So I think there's some some of that going on here. So I don't think this should be placed solely at the feet of Brian McClellan. No. And at the same time, I think it's okay to say when you're chasing a record like this one, you that's fine. It's okay. So I I think that that's okay. I mean, he's going to turn 30, so this is very clearly something that's going to be an LTIR thing. Yeah. But this also signals to me they're not going after a cup. This, yeah, the goals record is their Stanley Cup, and yeah. and that's it, as it case, should be. Yeah, and, and and if that's the case, you know, like it, it like it, which it is, but like in in that context, then fine. This deal helps you further that. Um, yes, and it keeps the vibes together and all that, which good in terms of winning a Stanley Cup. No, no chance. Yeah, that's cuckoo bananas. Yeah, exactly. All right. And then finally, Rachel, the piece to resistance, um, the, the move that happened on my last day of vacation. Uh, and I got to watch everyone scramble to cover it while I uh, didn't have to. Um, and it was Eric Carlson getting traded on the Who? Sunday. Eric Carlson, uh, hun- noted 100 point. Uh, Never rain- heard of defenseman, that person. Reigning Norris winner. Um, uh, now it's very interesting that he would get traded on a Sunday of a long weekend, but whatever, you know, I thought, I, I thought NHL GMs didn't like that stuff, but it happened. Um, they yeah. don't know LOL Kyle Dubas and exactly. Mike Greer for being two newbies saying F your vacation in Cape Cod. And Kent Hughes. Oh yeah. Kent Hughes too. No, so notice how all of those guys are like the not in the club per se yeah. guys. And they were like, you know what? Screw your Cape Cod vacation. Exactly. We are going to get some shiznaz done because you know that other teams who were in on Carlson, their owners are calling their GMs being like, hey, hey what happened here? <laughs> now, let me break down the trade because this is holy smoke, like just like the actual framework of it, because there was a lot going on here. Three teams, Pittsburgh, San Jose and Montreal. Pittsburgh receives Eric Carlson is all, you know, obvious from San Jose. Rem hey. Pitlick from Montreal, okay. Dylan Hamiliuk Hamil- yep. uh, from, yep. from San Jose, yeah. a tw- and a 2026 third round pick. Now, San Jose receives a 2024 first round draft pick, top 10 protected. Um, they also receive Michael Granlin from Pittsburgh. Uh, so a sh- bad contract, out. Terrible contract. Um, they, they also receive uh, Jan Ruda. Uh, from Pittsburgh, not a great con like, like good player, but struggle seemed to struggle in his first year in Pittsburgh. So not a great contract. Um, and then also Mike Hoffman, bad contract. Um, but and they also retain 1.5 million of Eric Carlson's salary. And that so, was a big piece of this. Was huge. San Jose Hasso Plotner did not want to be paying 50. percent So that's huge here. 13 percent would it be five point? What was it? Five point seven five million for the next four years for a player who's it's not playing a for you? That's lot ridiculous. Of money. That's ridiculous. So it's not happening that way, which is great for them. Um, yeah. So so San Jose in there. Yeah. So they got a 2020 uh, top 10 protected first in next year's draft. Grandlin, Ruda, and Hoffman. And then Montreal, who's the third team to help broker this, they're retaining uh, 50% on uh, uh, 
they were retaining 50% on uh, 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 Jeff Petrie? No. No, Pittsburgh's retaining. Pittsburgh's retaining 50% on, on Jeff Petrie, yes. So Montreal gets Pittsburgh's 2025 second-round draft pick. Um, veteran defenseman Jeff Petrie, who you know is coming back to Montreal, and we'll talk a bit about what's going on there. Uh, goalie Casey Smith from Pittsburgh, and also from Pittsburgh prospect Nathan Ligari. Um, lot to break down here. Let's talk about it from Pittsburgh's standpoint first. Okay, they, I was going to say, where do you? You're driving the bus. I'm just providing the directions. Let's 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 start from Pittsburgh because they get the biggest piece in the deal. Obviously, it's Eric Carlson. You know, three I believe it's three time Norris winner. Um, just like the greatest offensive yeah. dog is, uh, is chiming in here. Uh, the greatest offensive defenseman of our generation. Um, you know, one of the greatest in, in, in league history, a hundred points as a defenseman, incredible, um, you know, an elite offensive talent, uh, elite puck mover, all that. Um, so they're, they're getting that, but they're also getting a couple other pieces in Rem Pitlick, uh, as well. Who's, uh, you know, decent player um and it's a fourth line player yeah fourth line player whatever he he can he can give you some minutes basically this 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 four it, it's the dubis model forms another core four um where there's three the, except the difference between this core four and the other core four is this one has won multiple times <laughs> and this one is also geriatric um <laughs> yeah also that all three or sorry all four of the core four are older than john tavares is right 33 and up so, so I yeah. think, here's the thing though this is a clear win incorrect Pittsburgh Penguins. you yeah. dumped the three most horrendous contracts on your team and the backup goalie problem that you have for eric carlson yes you lose a first round pick uh, top, ten, top 10 protected like it's a protected oh, first round pick. I don't even care how you managed. But the to fact jump. that they were able to to put trade pro- or or they were able to protect the pick, incredible. But how how you managed to acquire the Norris Trophy winning defenseman for the three worst contracts on your team and the problem backup goalie is shocking, shocking. That that could be done. Like, absolutely insane by Dubas. And Jesse Marshall, our man, shout out Jesse, happy birthday, Mm -hmm. pointed it out that, like, not only are all those contracts just, like, poof, gone, you're bringing in a star in Eric Carlson, and all you're doing is exactly what your star players have asked for, which is to give us a chance. And if Pittsburgh is going to have a chance, their power play needs to be as good as Edmonton's and a hell of a way to get your power play as good as Edmonton's is to stack it with Chris Letang, Eric Carlson, Evgeny Malkin, and Sidney Crosby, all four of which will be going into the hall of fame. Like that is an incredible piece of work. Jeff Petrie did not look fantastic in a penguins uniform. He was really bad. (laughs) Um, and it was not cute. I don't know what, the Granlin trade was four last year. That was not cute at all. Um, and so now you look at it, it looks like Jake Gensel is going to be back towards the beginning of the season, which is huge because originally it was December. Mm. So that could be huge because he's the fifth member of that psycho power play. Um, but yeah, Kyle Dubas, I mean, 
he kind of alluded to this. He said that his conversations with Mike Greer were going back to when he was in Toronto, which means yeah. the Leafs were in talks to acquire Eric Carlson. Um, but the fact that he was able to get this done. Now, I don't think it's reasonable to think that Eric Carlson's going to have a, another 100-point season. I'm actually writing about this right now. But I do think that it is entirely reasonable that he has a 70-80-point to 80 point season. In yeah. fact, I think it's incredibly likely. And so you need three things to happen for the Penguins to be le- a legitimate threat. You need Tristan Jari to bounce back. Mm-hmm. That It stops there. That's what you need. You need all four of those gentlemen that I named to remain healthy. Which is a huge if. That's a if. huge asterisk. Right well, there. Crosby and Malkin played 82 last year. They look pretty good. They know, like It's Latang, and you know the fact that he had a stroke. Yeah, and that Carlson doesn't problem. have like a left ankle, basically. Right, so you need those guys to remain healthy. And the third thing is, is you need somebody not named Crosby, Malkin, Gensel to score for you. Mm-hmm. So those are the three things. I think Dubas did a pretty good job of adding ancillary pieces. Ryan Graves, I think, is a great signing just based based on this trade now. Fantastic, because you've got you can have a, a defense pairing. Uh, like you don't have you can have forty five minutes a night where one of Latang or Carlson is on the ice, and that is frankly freaking terrifying. And then in those 45 minutes, another one of great uh, Ryan Graves or Marcus Patterson will also be out there. And that those are like, that's a really good top four right there. So under OJ is under there for, too. Like, and then you look at the forwards, Crosby and Malkin are going to play 20 minutes a night. So mm-hmm. for 40 minutes, you have three of the infinity stones on the ice. Yeah. And that is going to be a major issue for teams to deal with. Now the, elephant in the room is that they're not good defensively but you don't have to play defense if you crosby just simply is still aren't league in your defensively oh i meant the defenseman oh crosby, crosby and, or, or, uh, letang and um carlson yes. are not great defensively but they move Graves the puck and and Pitt- are. pittsburgh's big issue last year wasn't that they were poor defensively it's that they couldn't get the puck out of their own end and there is not a defenseman in the NHL, maybe with the exception of maybe Kale McCarr and Adam Fox, who are like not in the same kind of stratosphere in terms of age. Like they're young, so I expect them to be better. Eric Carlson moves the puck. That pass to Mike Hoffman was hilarious in the audio. Yeah, playoffs. I mean that was the craziest pass I've ever pass seen. We've ever and seen. Like, and the, the passes in San Jose last year, like he's not passing to Tomas Hurdle anymore. He's passing to Sidney Crosby. And no disrespect to Tomas Hurdle. But he's not Sidney Crosby. Yeah. So I think it's unreasonable to expect that Carlson's going to put up 100 points. I think it's entirely reasonable that if he remains healthy, he's going to put up between 70 and 80. And that power play is going to be top five in the league. Because you know, Carlson's already, like he's already in Pittsburgh. You know that all of those guys are getting on the ice together. And they're going to figure it out before mm-hmm. training camp. Like, that's just going to be the case there. And so I think that it's very clear Pittsburgh's in win-now mode. Because once all of those guys retire, it doesn't matter if you're bad. Because you've just had 20 years of yeah. incredible hockey. So you're if you're bad for five years or six years, that's fine. Because right now you got three cups. Like, it's pretty hard to complain. But now you're 
giving those guys another shot. And that's the type of thing that motivates them. And the last thing anybody in this league wants to see is a motivated Sidney Crosby because that is terrifying. It's unstoppable. I also terrifying. like... You, you talked about ancillary pieces, like basically they need someone other than than Crosby Malkin to score. And Dubas has done a good job of of surrounding like this season of, of getting some some extra pieces here. But if you look at their scoring depth now, like at least in the you know up up front, you, you have Jake Gensel, you have Brian Rust, Ricard Raquel, and also Riley Smith. That We've, trade is going to turn out to be for a what a third round is. pick for Riley Smith, like like phenomenal, and even like. Like Noel Achari, he can chip in. He's got 20-goal ceiling. He can chip in stuff. Pitlick will help a little bit. Now he, he'll actually have some minutes. Like it's Drew O'Connor's okay. Pittsburgh replaced Michael Granlund with Riley Smith in their That's top six. That's a phenomenal six. trade. Like That's it's... a significant upgrade. And they used Michael Granlund to get Eric Carlson, which is an upgrade over everyone on the back end. Exactly. It's they did a great job. And the piece to resistance of this trade too is that it saved them three million dollars in cap space. I know. That's so, how did you save how? cap space? How? How? How does that happen? How do you do that? How do you manage to pull that off? A phenom- like a dubus masterclass, if I do say he so myself. He thinks that maybe um Brendan Shanahan might have made a mistake. Yeah, I we we knew that Brendan Shanahan <sighs> Don't me thinks. Me Don't even get me started. I miss being on vacation. Right? I don't have to think about that. Um, all right, let's talk about it from <laughs> so sorry. real quick from from San Jose's perspective because there's not a ton to talk about there. They're going to be bad by design, um, and uh, yeah. good on them. They were able to do right by a really good player, get a first round pick, which helps in their rebuild. You know, get some contracts for players who will at least help them. You know, sort of be. <sighs> Like a, acceptable, like a, like a pro- professional hockey team. <coughs> a, then, a professional hockey team is a very low bar, but you yes, know, like, like, like they aren't going to be embarrassing, I guess. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they were able to like, the biggest thing there is a getting that first round pick, um, to help, uh, with the rebuild and also to do right by a generational player. Right. I think at the end of the day, you look at this and you say, even if you lose the trade, you have to have respect for Mike Greer mm-hmm. for this because that shows that signals to everybody in the league that he's essentially the opposite. He handles his players the opposite of some other organizations who will remain unnamed. Um, and that when push comes to shove, he is going to make the decision that is best for you and your family. And that matters because players care about that. Players want to know that the guy who's in charge of their roster gives a damn about them. And I think that that is going to be important for San Jose sort of in the future. The other thing is it gets them two players that can play in their top six, right? Mike Hoffman is obviously not Timo Meyer, but he can score his shot. It's the only thing he can do is score. He can't do anything else. Um, and so that's going to be helpful for San Jose. And Michael Granlin is not fantastic on a Stanley cup winning team, but on a team that's horrendous, that's a fine second line player. He's a hockey player. 
that is a fine second line player. They've got some young players. Thomas Bortolo is going to come up. Um, Ozzy Eklund. Oh God, I love Eklund. Um, Ozzy Weisblatt. Like they've got guys coming, and so it's you're giving these guys a chance. They're going to have a chance to earn another contract or whatever the case may be. It's a really poor return for San Jose. Mm-hmm. However you're doing right and you did get a first round pick that let's say Pittsburgh, let's say two of those infinity stones get hurt. That pick likely is unprotected in 2025. So I think at the end of the day, it might not be as bad as everyone was making it out to be. And then when you add the context in of you're doing the right thing, um, I don't think people should be necessarily like dumping on Mike Greer. No, they're probably going to – look, San Jose is probably going to get Celebrini anyway. So you just add – you add another – oh, Penelope on the mic. Oh, we yeah. Got Penelope. We got so for Penelope. everybody who can't see this right now, and we will post the video, this is Penelope. This is my niece. She is a cutie girl, my and we love step-daughter. her. stepdaughter. She also hoards bones, and she bullies my 70-pound dogs. And – Penelope is a wiener dog and she's the cutest and I love her because she's very snuggly. Yes, she is. Um, we love Penelope, but we love Penelope. and then I guess to finish off, we talk about Montreal's side of this, which is they do, they, they, they get rid of the Mike Hoffman contract, which they absolutely needed to do. Um, they get a capable defenseman back in Jeff Petrie, who was very good for them. And th- there's a lot of talk to like they might trade, they might trade him as well because he probably, you know, he's getting up in his career. He probably wants to be on a good hockey team. So, and Montreal is not that right now. So, they, and you could have a double retention situation there because Pittsburgh retained fifty percent. Montreal decides to retain fifty percent. Mm-hmm. That and could you really get extra work. assets. Like in all this, you're just the third team that helped broker this. You're able to shed a shed a really really bad contract, get a prospect in Legary that a like French his, prospect, a French, a French prospect. prospect too, who has been struggling, but like, but also you know maybe this new is like, gonna be able to work with Adam Nicholas, who is mm-hmm. from the Daryl Belfry School of Development, and we all know how good Daryl Belfry is if you've listened yep. to this podcast. Exactly. So I think I'm not saying he's gonna be an NHL player, but. I mean, you're acquiring, obviously, a French-Canadian prospect, which matters in Montreal. And you actually have a robust development program now. So, you know what? Maybe that ends up being a valuable piece for them. He's got a better shot of being an NHL player in Montreal than he does in Pittsburgh. Uh, Yes, correct. And they were just the third team. And then on top of that, you get an asset in Petrie that, A, can either help your your defense core if you keep them. Good veteran, too, for guys like Arbor Jackeye and Justin Barron and Jordan Harris. Or you trade him to a team that wants to add him as, as high-end depth, and you get more assets. Edmonton. Edmonton. Like, but, yeah, Edmonton. I mean, who knows? Like, so, but they, look, they still, Edmonton still has to sign Evan Bouchard, okay? So like, maybe they should be there, – there's a hierarchy Wait, oh, here. Yeah, the other piece of news um, that we really should mention is Jeff Jackson was hired as <laughs> – CEO of Hockey Ops for the Oilers. For anyone who doesn't know, um, Jeff Jackson was Connor McDavid's agent. Um, highly respected hockey guy. Um, I've done some work with him. He is a good human, good. which is a departure from what Edmonton has hired. Um, 
And he is notably not a veteran of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, it's it's a move uh, uh, that's part of a game show I like to call, What Would Happen If The Leafs Did This? <laughs> so I think now we can comfortably say that Connor McDavid is probably not going to leave Edmonton. And I had wagered a guess that Leon Dreisaitl probably isn't either. Because... Now, Judd Moldover, who represents Austin Matthews, is going to take over representation of McDavid. But when you have his agent or guy who has been representing McDavid since he was, I don't know, 15, and McDavid is now 26, this is a longstanding relationship. Jeff Jackson's going to be able to level with a guy like McDavid better than you could not have hired somebody better for this situation than Jeff Jackson because. Jeff Jackson's been working with the Oilers in terms of, like, what do you have to do to keep Connor happy? Well, Jeff Jackson is now in charge of the decisions that get made to keep Connor McDavid happy. So this was Daryl Cates saying, we are keeping Connor McDavid at all costs. And I can't believe this is going to come out of my mouth. What a smart move by Daryl Cates. Yeah, you know what else is really cool? Uh, Jeff Jackson negotiated a contract uh, with Ken Holland. Uh within the last like you know month or so the Connor Brown one and is a league minimum contract for a guy who has scored 20 goals in the past um and all that and is now Ken Holland's boss and I just want to know that if the Leafs did this I just want to know how many oil rig I I think there'd be another convoy so if the Leafs did that there would be a Jack Smith level investigation I will say this as it pertains to Connor Brown. Everyone who got angry about that clearly didn't read the conditions on the Connor Brown contract. Yeah, he can make up to like $4 million. Because he is going to make $4 million. He basically has to play 10 games to make $4 million. So it's basically, if Connor Brown can it's money skate, laundering. it's $4 million. And so there's not really shenanigans. Now, I would have to think that there was some level of paperwork slash third party involved in this at the NHL level to ensure this like this put it this way having oh, like yeah, worked the NHL in the league, is never they're, they're all it, on the up and up absolutely no but this is something where um Bill Daly would be sort of involved because this is something that absolutely like another team could file a complaint which is what has to happen for an investigation to occur is some team has to complain and everyone and their mother likes to complain about the Leafs, which is why all of that happens. Like, let's be real. This is far more serious than like people practicing at MasterCard Center in the summer. But it would take somebody filing a complaint against the Edmonton Oilers, which I'm abundantly certain is not going to happen. But I would, have, I, have, I would have to think that there is some check and balance because I know what the NHL hiring process looks like. I've been through it. Um, there's definitely like conflicts and things like that. There's stuff in his contract. He now, um, and they have to recuse all their clients. So now so Judd Moldover, for example, yep, you know, and and they had to. He had to be bought out of Cortex. Jeff Jackson will have to be bought out of Wasserman. But Jeff Jackson is one of those guys. I've had so many conversations with him. Whether it's Dave Gagne, Judd Moldover, there are a lot of people who can take over for him. He is I've dealt with like a lot of people in hockey. He's the straightest shooter. Like he is going to make sure that everything is buttoned up legally, ethically, all of that. 
I'm willing to bet. I haven't asked him. I'm willing to bet he stopped representing his clients the moment that these conversations got serious. He let Judd take over because him and Judd were very close in tandem. I'm willing to because that's just the type of guy Jeff Jackson is. He's going to be like, I don't want any sort of overlap, let's say. So the moment the interview, the official process started and you go into that like portal thing, my bet is that all of his clients were notified that their main contact was Judd Moldover. And that would have been the right thing to do. Rachel, I am so hungry. I'm going to eat my computer if we don't stop. So, um, so That's this not is great. Good. Would not it recommend. Was, this was a great catch up pod. Um, I believe, I don't believe we're, we're, we're returning to two a week yet. Well, we're not returning till two a week until the regular season starts. Yes. So you just hold your horses. Okay. Because guess who hasn't taken a vacation yet? Me. Rachel. So yeah. yes, we'll do that. But this is a great catch up pod. We will be, we will catch you on the flip next week, I believe. And then, uh, yeah, or, we've got some fun yeah. guests coming. So, I mean, those will be pre-recorded and, mm-hmm. This was the biggest news, which is why we're doing a podcast in the first week of August. But we probably won't be back back to one a week until the first week of September slash like training camp because we have um, ducks in a row to figure out Mm -hmm. so that we can have a massive sort of announcement to make as training camp starts. It's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned. Um, Hope you're enjoying your summer. I will not look like a caveman uh, when we come back. You will not. (laughs) I know. uh, Rachel will kill me. But until then, take care.